Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Well, happy Tuesday, Service Legends. Welcome back to another episode of the Service Legend podcast. I have a real treat for you guys today. Uh, this one's another kind of a selfish one for me, someone who I've just been kind of following around, looking up to in the space, and I think a lot of us might have uh, been doing as well. Eric Barstow, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Super excited about this one. Um, we have uh, an exceptional guest, Eric Barstow, whose journey... Um, you know, it's just the essence of entrepreneurship from, from my eyes. Uh, hailing from Fort Collins, Colorado, he embarked on a transformative path within the painting industry during his college years, cultivating skills that led him to manage projects, sell paint jobs, and even um, build his own profits. After um, overseeing a staggering $2.5 million in sales and production while still a full-time student, which we'll get into that maybe, yeah. um, he ventured into launching his own painting business, an endeavor that surprisingly flourished despite his initial intentions. Uh, but with an unwavering commitment to work-life balance, which I want to get into that too, um, and employee development, he's now the CEO of National Painting Group, operating multiple painting companies and, and the driving force behind Painting Business Pro, coaching contractors to build successful enterprises. Uh, join us as we uncover his remarkable 17-year-plus journey and the invaluable insights he brings to the table super awesome. pumped to get into this man great man uh yeah i got i could i could talk you up about all the all the stuff the last <laughs> 17 years so you you just let me know where you want to where you want to start this thing off uh yeah I'm happy to share whatever i can yeah so i always like to start with a little bit of uh an origin story yeah. from you know like maybe back from those college days and then kind of leading up to maybe that first business um and then maybe just you can kind of fast forward to now. But I, you know, I think it's so important for 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 home service business owners to understand that that origin story, because uh, I think they're a lot more similar than um, than we would think um, as as we head into 2023, 2024, and what's happening in the space. All right, cool. Well, uh, so 17 years to try to put 17 years in in a short story. I'll do do my best. Um, and then if you want to go on any tangents, just interrupt me. But I, uh, I started, I, went, I was going to school at Colorado State University, doing engineering at the time, actually. And I got hired for an internship with a company called College Works Painting that almost doesn't exist anymore. I think they've just got a few divisions. And at the time, you know, a lot of people have heard of College Pro and there's student works. And there's a handful of others where they hire college students in the internship as you'd run your own painting company for the spring and summer. So they'd provide you training and materials and accounting and a lot of the back end stuff, but you would do the marketing sales and project management. So I knocked doors, sold the jobs, hired the painters, managed the projects and my uh, expenses. And then I got a certain cut of the profit and then the company took a cut. And I was really not very good, but I worked hard and I didn't quit. And um, I ended up being one of the top performers by the end of the year, but not because my numbers were good because my work ethic was good mm. and I had an opportunity to move to the next level, which would be like a district manager to coach and train other college kids. And so we would do the recruiting and that was kind of a whole, a crazy thing where we just go into classrooms and like announce an internship and then call people. And 
So I did that for a few years. And then I ended up being the VP of sales my last year there, which was just a title. But what it meant was me and a woman in San Diego and a woman in Washington created a new business model for the company where we were running a sales and marketing internship now, but we were hiring subcontractors to produce the work rather than having a bunch of college kids try to manage all these painting projects. And they ended up taking that program and doing it everywhere. That was my sixth year with the company. My last year with the company, um, finished school that year. So I was on the six year plan. I ended up doing economics and business. And yeah, for a lot of those years, man, I was working 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week. Sometimes I have some crazy, crazy days. Um, you know, in the, in the spring when I had 21 interns, I was training on marketing and sales reporting to me and doing five estimates a day. And then six hours of calls at the end of that day of estimates, but 15 minutes with each person and just some crazy stuff. I, I can't believe I did some of the things I did during those six years. I also interviewed about 3000 people, um, during those six years, um, when we were recruiting interns. So we would do small three to five, you know, person groups and then move them into one-on-one -on -one interviews, and then another one-on-one -on -one interview. So I did just boatloads of recruiting too. And then I got out of school and I got a job author, offer from their sister company. It was like 100K a year plus equity to launch a division in Colorado for a commercial wow. painting company. And I turned it down because they said I was going to work 60 hours a week. And I'm like, dude, I've been working 60 hours a week, <laughs> so I wouldn't have to. Yeah. You know, like That was the whole point. So I didn't know what I was going to do, but I didn't really want to be in the painting industry, but I did start a painting business because I knew I could make 50 or 60,000 bucks really easily um, with what I'd learned. And while well, I started other things and that's basically what I did. I, I brought, uh, brought Ben on who would get his own leads and sell jobs. And then I'd hand those jobs off to a subcontractor and I worked five hours a week, maybe that year. And for the next three years, I started other companies. I did cloth I did a clothing thing. Like basically the first day we were in business, I'm like, yep, don't want to do this. <laughs> when I realized like what the doing of a business like that would be. I did a network marketing company that was going really well, but I hated that every single person I knew became a business lead. <laughs> um, so I stopped doing that. And I did consulting for a little while, consulting service businesses and got away from that. I lost money in a Ponzi scheme. I tried to start a couple online things and seven or eight things later over three years, I, uh, my painting company doubled and then doubled again. And so, you know, we did 650 K. Um, I had someone else managing the projects at that point. So I had two guys, two college kids getting their own leads, selling jobs, hand them to me on a Monday. I hand them over to Paul. Paul produces them. And that's, I was literally working like five to 10 hours a week, making 110 grand as a 23 year old or something. And I was traveling a bunch. So my girlfriend and I, wife now, um, I was traveling 75 or 80 days a year. Um, I was looking for like a home run for a long time. That doesn't exist, but there was a lot of hype at the time with Shark Tank, The Profit, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff coming out of Silicon Valley, Tim Ferriss. There was like a lot of really new hypey business stuff. And I was kind of chasing that until I just realized it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I was driving down the road one day and I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? Like I have 10 years of experience in this industry. I'm really good at it. I literally worked like five hours a week this year. I golfed like every day all summer. If I would have just worked like five hours more a week, I probably could have made another 70 or 80 grand. And I probably would have been more fulfilled because I got to working so little actually that it was, it was too little. Mm. 
And I just decided to go all in on the painting business. That was right about when I started painting business pro and started teaching people just how to start a painting company the way I had. And that was when my business was doing 650 a year. Um, and then a whole bunch of stuff happened from 2000, that was 2013 till now. Um, and so now we teach people to build their company into the millions. And uh, we have a portfolio of seven companies right now, but we're on track for about 17 and a half million or so this year up from like 13 last year, nine the year before that. And I think time will tell and I'll let the results be for themselves. But I think we're just barely getting started with uh, the work that we're doing there. We haven't been trying to grow for the last three years. We've been working on building the foundation, a little bit of what you and I talked about before the show. Mm -hmm. I've been a lot, lot more like head down um, building than growth mode. And so, hmm. um, so yeah, man, so that's it. So we really value, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, really value like, you know, the whole reason we get into business is to, is to create freedom. If you, I've asked a lot of people that question over the years, coaching so many painting contractors, everybody says like, I got into this for freedom, which I think includes financial freedom uh -huh. because there's a lot of people with time freedom and not financial. And this is called being unemployed. Mm. <laughs> and you got all the time in the world, but you got no money and that's not freedom at all. So freedom for me includes both. And then if you ask people a second question, they'll be like, yeah, but what would you do with that? If you had it, what would you do? And then they say things like, well, I'd, you know, give back to my community. I'd do more in my church. I'd spend more time with my kids. I'd travel. I'd, you know, die for treasure, you know, whatever it is that people <laughs> want to do with their time. Like yeah. that's the real why we're in business. And I just don't think, uh, I don't really believe in the, like, let's wait until my business gets to some point and then do that. Like, how do you literally have both mm. the whole time? So um, I still travel probably 60 to 70 days a year. I mean, I took two weeks off this summer just to hang out with my kids because they were on summer break. So um, it's hard, you know, it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's a lot easier to throw more hours to accomplish your goals. But, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of a different approach, but that's kind of what I'm all about. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I love everything that you just said. Uh, obviously, I can go in a million different directions, but the really cool thing about you is like, um, and I love this conversation already, but um, like you've seen so much like from uh, um, just from it, the society standpoint, digital marketing, like how, you know, how TikTok ads, Facebook ads, like, I mean, you were here in the space before all of this happened, maybe the past mm -hmm. 10 years, there's so much change and innovation and, and different things, but you've navigated it through in a very interesting way. And I got to tell you, like, I can just like, you're so wise from, from these things. And my wife and I were chatting yesterday um, um, during dinner about um, she joined uh, this, uh, this community called mops at the church and they're asking her to serve everywhere and she's getting promoted up the ranks and yeah. she's like a part of it now. And she was, you know, we're just learning that, you know, the people that we're looking up to and the people that we're finding for us, you know, whether it's business or you know, personal is um, like the people that are most wise have, have made the mistakes, you know, <laughs> they're not the people that, you know, I grew up in a Baptist church growing up, you know, they're not the people that are perfect. Right. Yeah. In your mind. Um, they're people like you that have been there. They've done that. They've made the mistakes um, and, and, and can articulate those in a really clear way um, on the other side though. You know, and I think that's the most really like, like the coolest thing about you is that you've been you've you've done so much, you've failed so much, you've tried so much, especially at an early age. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically about some of the things you learned. Mm -hmm. um, how valuable do you think your your study on economics helped you kind of throughout your career so far? 
Um, I think it taught me most just, I mean, there's just, just the fundamentals, the basics. I don't think it was the like really detailed stuff where you get into like, remember class regional economics, like that doesn't play a role, you know, but it's the really fundamental economic principles that you could probably just find on YouTube that I think influenced me the most is just how to actually think mm -hmm. about particularly incentives. You know, I, I align incentives uh, obsessively and, you know, to the degree that when we were, when we were considering opening new locations, cause I, I had, uh, I had Ben who had been with me a long time and I was actually trying to get out of the painting business for this year. So I was grooming him to take over and, right when I decided to go all in, he had earned his position to take over. I'm like, well, this is awkward, you know, but I, I'm like, I promise this to you. So here you go. Here's half the company, but you have to run it now and I'll just coach you. And so all of a sudden I'm like all in on the painting business, but Ben's running it and I've got all this free time. So that's why we decided like, well, I, I, this is working out pretty well. Ben almost doubled the business the next year. You know, I made more money. I worked less. I'm like, this is great. It's a win for him, a win for me. So we're like, let's open some more companies. And I started talking to painting business pro folks about, you know, working together. And we started with what I think I see a ton of people doing right now, but like franchising. And mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't do that um, because I think incentives are not aligned with franchising. You know, so I think that's really like that's probably the biggest like where it's like changed the trajectory for me is just the idea of incentives being aligned. Um is we, we very likely could have ended up being a franchise model. And instead, we've got a totally different model where we're actually partners with everybody that we work with. And we're in the process of giving a whole bunch of equity away to a ton of people in our company. Um, there's a lot more I could go into about that. Well, but I think that's well, been... Well, what's interesting, Eric, about that is like, like, I, like, you're so right. And what's interesting is you see a lot of, you know, well, not a lot, but the people that you know, I guess I'm hanging around with and I talk to on the on the regular are in a similar mode where, you know, holding companies, you know, building portfolio and, you know, different things, but you were doing this years ago, you know, <laughs> and you had these, 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 like this vision and these ideas years ago before it was cool. You know, it, you know, it's kind of cool to have a private equity book on your bookcase now and not, you know, not read it or, you know, it's kind of cool now to be a guru and coach people and not necessarily have the background. Like, you know, it's kind of, yeah. you know, I mean, you see it all over. I mean, it's kind of yeah. being pushed. I mean, there's coaches that coach coaches on how to build coaching programs without yeah. having the experience. It's it's wild. And I think people like you are salt of the earth and, you know, it's very tangible and it's very real. It's very transparent. Um, and I, you know, I want to talk about that a little bit, like um, the work-life balance, like that realness there. Um, I think that's missed a lot. Um, and we talk about freedom. At Service Legend, um, you know, our mantra is more profit, more freedom, more impact, you know, and, and, and kind of in that order, you know, you, I mean, and it's what I felt when I worked for Steve Holloway back five, six years ago. And I saw that business was in business for 40 years. And when I got there, they were doing like $2 million a year in painting, just started a concrete coating division. And by the time I left, they had four crews at 700K a trailer or per crew. I felt, you know, I got to understand the business a lot, but I did see the owner had so much freedom. I mean, goodness, crime, and he just so much freedom so much impact on the community. And that really is the first time in my life where I was like, freedom, you know, you know, I'm a Christian. And so like, for me, it was the first time that the Lord, like, I was like, I was like, wow, there's a purpose here. Like I, I could help make an impact in this community and, you know, in this space. Yeah. And I feel like that's at the core of what you guys do. Can you talk to us a little bit about like why that's so important for you? And that, like that freedom, that impact. Oh man. I could, I'm trying to pick what to say, you know, cause I could say a lot. 
I'll say I'll, I'll try to hit a, a couple different angles on it of why it's so important. One is it's just what speaks to me. You know, it's just like what calls me to to, you know, is is pe- specifically like people discover what's possible and people discover their power and what they're capable of. Um, freedom, because that's I mean, that's it's not really about freedom. It's about what you would do with it. And you can create your life like you really can create your life. That's the promise of entrepreneurship. But I think most people have not uh, have not fulfilled the promise of entrepreneurship. You know, you look at most entrepreneurs and they're overworked and they're stressed and they're grinding it out. And that's just not the point, you know. So I think I had I've got a, a unique background where I happen to really like training and coaching people. I think I'm pretty good at doing that. And what one thing that inspires me about doing this is knowing where I came from and just how bad I was that like, it's not, you know, I I wasn't, I wasn't naturally good at any of this. Um, I got, I got lucky with some opportunities that I I pursued them and I worked hard and I did my part, but take the opportunities away. And like, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that mentor and that coach and that random opportunity. And that, that day I happened to show up to that place and that thing fell in my lap, you know, that, and, and I know there's kind of that, those two offices where you're like yeah but you took action on those i'm like yeah but i whatever i I was given these opportunities so i think um anyways that's what inspires me a lot to help people is i'm good at it i like it um it makes a huge impact and difference on people it's a way to pay it forward i think i believe a lot in people because i just saw where i came from and how i i'm just a function i've been given everything i have you know whether from this mentor that mentor my parents where i grew up teachers friends so um, that's, I guess that's why it matters. Cause it makes a difference. It makes a difference in families, it makes a difference with kids. It makes a difference in communities. It makes a difference for people. And it's something I can contribute, you know, yeah. so it's fulfilling. Yeah. God, I love it. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's so tough for, you know, the majority of the spaces, you know, you know, is probably, you know, I mean, they're not doing big numbers, you know, and, but they could. And I feel like sometimes, you know, there's that scarcity mindset versus that abundance mindset. I think there's misinformation about all of that, but I, I think, you know, when, you know, when the home service business owners are stuck in that kind of that rat race, if you will, or mm-hmm. Jason Phillips calls it contractor prison, however you want to call it. Um, it's, it's the same as tomato, tomato, but man, it's lonely, man. Goodness. Criminy. I mean, um, we do a little bit of coaching for our clients here at service legend. It's just very yeah. minimal on lead to sell cycle, trying to help see things through to completion there and really get them to focus on cost per um, acquisition being decreased yeah. versus cost per lead um, and, you know, and things like that. But, yeah. um, you know, it's so lonely out there for these guys. Um, and I really feel for them because, you know, I have a home service company too that, you know, and, and, yeah. and so, you know, I understand. And I, and I think you understand because of your experiences. Um, and I feel like there's so much misinformation out there about that loneliness and how to get through it. And I feel like it's, you know, I think it's kind of simple to solve though, you know, um, and I think with some, you know, there's a couple of key things that you mentioned you that I heard. You always yeah. had somebody. I mean, that that recruiting um, ability, that that magnet, like that A player magnet ability, um, you know, and I think it's good to hear that these things can be taught. Right. Yeah. It, we're not hopeless here. These things can be taught if we can be made aware of them. But one thing in your story, Eric, was about there was always somebody great next to you. I mean, there was, you know, there was Paul. Right. And you handed off to Paul. Um, and there's always somebody that's going to do something with you, do something for you. 
Um, how do you, how do you get those people to rally around you like that? You know, is it just because, Hey, you got a great smile or, you know, yeah. or, or is it more than that? Man, that's a tough one. Cause it's, it's, it, it's tough. Cause what I, what, how I do it now, I, it's funny you mentioned like recruiting. I posted a job ad. I think I, I don't watch a lot of headlines, but I think people said it's like hard to find good people right now. <laughs> and I posted this three hours ago and I got 180 applicants for it and three hours on indeed for like a, a dollar an applicant because it's a really good job post. And like, I understand that. So how I get great people around me now is very different from how I did then. Um, and how I did it then was mostly like in my very early days was mostly, it was just a, a numbers game. Um, I didn't have this skill then, you know, I have almost no turnover ever anymore for like years now. Hmm. And because I've gotten good at that part, but early, but it's because I put in a lot of reps, you know, and early on, it was just playing a lot of numbers game. I had a lot of failure, man. I had heartbreaking failure, you know, with people I really loved who were performing really well. And then they called me one day and quit. And I remember one year when I was in college where I had half of my team, like I was kicking ass and my team was kicking ass. And then it was like a mutiny and half of my team quit on me all on the same day. And it was like, tear. you know, I cried over that. I mean, that was really tough. So um, you know, but then there's the people who kind of were left standing and a lot of my best friends were, are those people, you know, I mean, my, hmm. my wedding was four people. I met through that 3000 people I interviewed down to like four of them were in my wedding and my brother, you know, and that was my wedding party. So I don't think there was like a, if I, if I had a good secret for it, I would give that away, you know? <laughs> But I think you just got to go for it. And what I would teach and what I do teach people is that you've got to get a you've got to get a certain foundation in your business first and then you can hire someone and you're probably going to fail at that a few times. But once you got with someone who sticks, you've got that person by your side and it's just a skill you got to learn. And dude, Ryan, I don't know how much you know about like painting business pro and how it works, but I literally got like we've got 10 steps. It's these are the 10 things that you've got to get good at from here to three million bucks a year. It's just 10. Now they don't happen overnight. They're hard. Some of them are harder skills than others, but you need to get good at these 10 skills. Once you get good at these 10 skills by following these systems with playbooks, like you can run a multi-million dollar business and it's going to take you three to four years if you really apply yourself. Hmm. And so I think that it starts with getting a good foundation. Then you can start recruiting people, but you're just going to learn. I mean, there's so no way. Get rich quick scheme then it's not a get rich okay. quick like out there. <laughs> I, I wait. Yeah. No. Can you believe that? No. It's 10 steps in 90 days. It's on yeah. yeah. No, I like what you said though about three to four years. Like that's 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 so like you don't hear most coaches saying that, but it's so real. Um, and also I think that like what you said was really important about 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 the hard work side, you know, that you said early on. Um, you know, the recruiting side and finding great people, I think what I've seen is a lot of companies kind of build up and then maybe people leave. Um, what would you recommend to somebody that maybe try to build up a kind of some management team and then you know this year there's a lot of churn through their team and so now they're like it feels like they're going backwards um a little bit what do you think about that well i think that you are going backwards if you didn't learn from the failure right mm -hmm. then it would be going backwards right if you don't if you don't stand back up and do something different and better the next time from what you learned then it is going backwards but on the other hand if you actually can 
make sure you're, you're learning the right lesson. First of all, um, the wrong lesson would be like, you can't trust people. That's the wrong lesson. Hmm. Right. Or there's no good people out there. That's the wrong lesson. The right lesson is I didn't really provide a good enough opportunity to keep that person. That person didn't have a good experience working here. So he left that person. I didn't give good leadership to like, it's these things like, what, what can I do to have gotten that? If I could go back in time, what could I have done differently to get a better result here? And it might be like, I made the wrong decision in hiring. I did have a concern about this thing about this guy, but I hired him anyway. Mm. So as long as, as long as those failures lead to, I stand up and I do things different next time and better next time because I'm changing my actions next time, then it's not really a step back. It's a step forward. It just reveals like you weren't a good leader yet. If you were a good leader, they wouldn't have left and turned. And so, you know, you can, you can argue with reality or you can just be like, okay, noted. Thank you for telling me reality. Like I'm not a good leader yet. What do I need to do to get better? And if you approach it that way, you will get better. And over time, you're just going to get better and better and better. And things become easier and easier and easier. Um, so, you know, that's, that's part of the game. Like, it's very rare that, uh, even, even with my business partners who we're coaching really, really closely and work really, really closely, they, they have to learn lessons the hard way. Like, there's just no way around it. You know, you're going to lose people. You're going to make mistakes. It's just going to happen. But if you're diligent, I think you can learn from those and be better the next time. And you can really shorten that learning, you know, that learning curve, um, and there's a lot of resources and ways to do that, but fail, just failing, getting your ass kicked is just part of it. I've, I've be hard pressed to find anybody who's lost more people than me. <laughs> yeah. When you're interviewing that many people too, Hey, it's bound to happen. Um, now something that's you know also interesting here is, so what time frame do you think like most paying business owners are in that Hey, I'm a new entrepreneur. Hey, I'm a new painting business owner. Is that the first couple years or first five years, first 10 years? Do you think that most of those, those lessons should be learned or is that a perfect Dude, In our industry, there's a lot of people who don't learn the lessons at all. Right. So if, mm -hmm. if they were learning lessons, you wouldn't see the percentage of people doing under 150 a year that you do. We have obviously a skewed audience. It's not like we have like the this is representative of everyone in this industry, but for the people who visit the painting business pro website and the people who apply to our programs, um, over 80% are doing less than 150 grand a year. Now, I don't think you would see that if, um, and it's, I mean, that's just, that's a really small business. You wouldn't see that if people were really getting a good foundation and then you wouldn't see so many people stagnating. There's so few companies that get over seven figures, but there's only six skills that you got to get down to get over seven figures. And so I think that. Can you share those or are those? Yeah, in the program? yeah of course. Yeah. There's, I mean, the very first thing we would do with anybody is we're like, first, you've got to have a good business plan and know your numbers inside and out. And you have to know how you're managing your time and what you spend with your time on inside and out. So that's what we just said. Like, that's the foundation. And then you've got to get good at marketing and, you know, do a million bucks a year. You probably need like 20 estimates a week. Um, got to get, you got to have your pricing down sales, a good, strong sales process to not win jobs because I lower my price. I got to win jobs because I'm good at presenting and demonstrating the value I'm providing. And we got to have a good project management system. And then you got to hire one person, you got to hire a project manager. So we say, it's like, look, you got to build this foundation first, which is the numbers and your time and then marketing sales, project management, estimating, and then hire the first hire is always a project manager. 
And you okay. should be able to do a million bucks a year with a project manager and yourself and do 15 estimates a week, 12 estimates a week, something like that. I love that. And painting business pro. So who's the ideal um, painter that's coming in, you know, coming into the program? Is it that that company that's doing less than 150 or is it more more somebody that's doing, you know, 500 to a million trying to trying to scale or is there multiple? Um, yeah. Options well, we're, we're, we're adapting a lot, like a year, I almost closed Painting Business Pro two years ago, because what the reason I started it, I had fulfilled that reason, and then it turned into like just about money. And I didn't want to do it for just money. So I'm like, but I'm really passionate about the other business we're building, the National Painting Group and, and the things we're doing there. Anyway, we've been really huge change happening with Painting Business Pro. And we serve all of them. So I have people who are coming in who have no background, no experience in painting and are like literally starting a painting business, but they've maybe sold another business in the past. Um, people who have been painting contractors for a while and already like really get serious about their business, but they're under 300K a year. And then recently, you know, I'm thinking of one member who came on, Daniel, who's doing about two and a half to three million a year. And in his first three months, like we've added about 20% to his bottom line. Wow. Um, with just making a lot of the right changes because he was leaving a ton of money on the table. And so the program that we, our flagship program is designed to take people from, you know, zero to 3 million bucks plus a year. Um, but I'm, I'm actually like getting ready to roll out a new, more like basic program. That's like, look, we just want to help you get to like making 10 grand a month. Like, let's just help you make 10 grand a month without doing any of the painting and without working your freaking tail off. And then you've got the money and the time to actually qualify to get into this program because we just don't have that many spots because that one's much more hands on. Um, and we only work with about 16 people a month in that one. And how long have have you been coaching others with this? Well, if you count college, uh, you know, that was that was kind of my first coaching, right, where I coached about 100 college kids. Um, if you don't count that, that's, a lot of, that's almost a professor, Eric. I mean, you were like a professor. <laughs> yeah. <there, man. laughs> yeah. So if you count that uh, since 2005, but if you don't count that, I mean, technically painting business pro started in 2013, 2012, somewhere in there. And so there's been well over probably maybe close to 3000 people now who have gone through like paid training programs. And then there's all the free stuff and all the web. I mean, you know, a lot. And then my role, my primary role at, at my, my company is just training and coaching. Um, I mean, I don't, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. And you, and you, do you focus on training? You know, it, it is, it's strictly painting contractors, you know, it's, you know, it's serving that industry. Right. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah. There's so many different programs that are for, I mean, you see it happening now, you know, like I think the niche down thing started happening a couple of years ago. We started a lot of like different people just niching down into, in, into different yeah. industries. And I see it, you know, um, I'm heavy in the concrete coating space. And then we kind of started going into painting more. Uh, however, my experience is both in those at the same time, those two industries, but um, you see so many different marketing companies that switch over to concrete coating or painting. And I think it's, you know, you, you know, it's a good thing if it's a good service. Um, but there's, there's, there's just so much misinformation and bad information and bad coaches that are like, feel like guru a little bit where mm -hmm. they're not. And then you kind of pull back the curtains and you're like, Oh, wow. You don't really have any experience in, yeah. in this industry much. And I, and I feel like, I feel like that's kind of a challenge for a lot of the the painters that you're talking to that are just starting then. And, and it's like, it's, it's, it kind of reminds me of like, I have a, you know, I have a six-year-old that just turned six on Saturday. And it, you know, I think about the information that she's getting from her monastery. My wife and I are wanting to maybe take her to a Christian private school and we're yeah. thinking like, but it reminds me of these painters that are coming on board, just getting into the industry, getting fed information. And I feel like, God, that's, that, that's so unfortunate that yeah. 
we're, we're, we're putting out the wrong information and Nick Slavic and Jason, I talk to them often. Um, yeah. They're going to speak at my event and they always talk about, you know, that they're seeing like this, this, um, this renaissance of, of um, professionalization coming mm -hmm. through. And I feel like programs like what you're offering is, is, is right at the heart of that, man. Um, yeah. How are you seeing, um, can you maybe just share some, some more stories about, about some of the accounts on how, how you're seeing that, like that professional is like just how the companies are professionalizing themselves and how they're gaining that freedom through some of the things that you guys are teaching. Just give us a little bit of stories there. Well, um, I think what Nick and Jason do is awesome. Just to, to state that, I think they're, they're like the good ones fighting a good fight. Um, I agree with them that like, it's, it's just leveling up. Like I think back way back, like when I was starting, I mean, that's how we had a bunch of college kids, you know, they were 18 years old with no experience winning bids against professional painting contractors because these guys are writing a number on a business card. And the more that this professionalization is happening, the more you just have to do it to compete. I mean, you just aren't going to compete um, if you don't get professional. And let me let me just ask what 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 direction you want me to go in? What's just, the question exactly? Just some more stories around um, or examples from how you've kind of helped these guys. Um, I mean, literally, I mean, they're starting their business, yeah. you know, and it's like yep. incredible that you're able to teach somebody that knows nothing about the space and then into millions. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it's incredible. Like it's absolutely yeah. magical. And I'm, and I'm just curious how that the professionalization concept really helps them as well. Yeah. Well, I, just to not kind of collapse the two, I think their professionalization needs to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. And then, there's just going to be like, what's next from there. So there's always going to be this evolution of like, how do you get the edge on your competitors over time? Um, and I think the next big thing is going to be people who get the most out of their teams and employees, attract the best talent, retain the best talent. And that's a whole other, there's a lot there with like culture and actually having good systems to train people effectively so they can make really good money without having to work 60 hours a week, because that's not what the best people want. So I think that's going to be like, that's kind of where we're, our head's at and a way better customer experience, I think is what's coming next because that's what, that's where the advantage is still. I mean, mm -hmm. even people who do a pretty good job and have good, good ratings on Google. Look, we had a, we've always had a 4.9 on Google at one of our companies, right? For a long time. It's always been 4.9, but 4.9s are not always cre all created equal. There's a 4.9 that gets 10% of their business from referrals. And there's a 4.9 that gets 30% of their business from referrals. And that was our company at a 4.9 and a 4.9. Wow. So it's, it's like just, there's, there's so much there to like add to customer experience. Now that's like pretty high level stuff, I think, because there's a lot that goes into it. This is a people business. Like people have flaws. People don't show up on time. People don't do what they say. People get defensive. People have bad shit going on at home and then they bring it to their work. Like people, that's what you're dealing with. And that's like tough. And you're in an industry where people are waiting for you to screw up. And the second you do, they're like, yep, you're just like everybody else. I knew it. And so they don't give you mistakes because they're like holding their breath, waiting for you to miss something by five minutes or miss one touch up. And then it's like, oh no, it's all over. So I think that's like getting into high level professionalism initially though, man. And where most, what's missing for most people is they literally just don't run their business from numbers, they run it from emotion and feelings and reactions. They're not like, that's the very first thing is we're, that's the first thing. 
Then the second thing is once we know your numbers, are you working on the next most important thing for your business? Because there's a hundred things that we can work on in our business. And if you're on the internet, you get teased by one every three minutes on your Facebook feed. And there's people saying like, this thing was the answer for me. And you're like, maybe I could be the answer for me. Oh, no, I'm doing this thing. Now I'm doing this thing. And when you try to do all these different things, you don't do anything. And nothing's going to work short term. And you only have one most important problem that you need to solve in your business at any one time. And are you removing that bottleneck from your business? Yes or no. And if you're not, it's going to continue to be the bottleneck. So that's kind of the second thing that we help people do is sequence. Like, what is the most important thing that you need to do next? So the guy I shared with you earlier, Daniel, who's like doing 3 million a year and killing it, he like so badly want to hire a sales rep. And we're like, do not do that. Fix this margin thing first. We fixed that and it, it was killing him. He so badly wanted me to give him all the sales material for recruiting and training a sales guy. And I wouldn't give it to him. It's like, Daniel, it's not the next move. It's not the next move. And then two months later, he's like, yeah, our margins are 20% better and we're doing 3 million a year. And now I have my sales guy who just sold hundred grand his first week. And now he's getting that sales guy. And then it's what's next. And so I think making the, like, that's part of, I think, where my experience benefits me is I've seen this in my own companies. We've started or we've started or acquired 23 companies or so now, and then sold some, closed some, and then still operate some. A lot of, lot of failures in there I could talk about. But, and then I've coached hundreds, like personally hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of painting contractors now. So I just know like, I've seen the numbers, I've seen their businesses, I know what's the next thing to do. And it's just sequencing that I think unlocks people is know your numbers and then do the right next thing. And then for every one of those next things, we already know how to do it. It's like, all right, you need 10 estimates a week, this is how you do it. You need to improve your sales rate, this is how you do it. You need to manage your projects more efficiently, this is how you do it. You need to improve your margin, this is how you do it. And so it's just, you just stack these things together one thing after another, and that's how you start to grow until you have leverage with your team so now I've got a team running everything and I have free time. And now I have a lot more time to attack in, uh, more issues in my business. And the bigger it gets, the more you have to slow down because the more complex your business gets. And a lot of people don't make, a lot of people make that mistake too, is they keep trying to go really fast. And it's like, dude, it's going to break. Mm. Like, this thing wasn't built for 5 million. It was built for a million and you've like grinded it to like two and a half, but the thing's going to break. Like you don't have the right foundation to go further. You need to slow way down clean this thing up and then you can go to the next level again. God is so good. And so are you recommending that we take the blue pill or the red pill? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, what's interesting about, you know, when I, when I'm, when I'm listening and learning from eight, nine figure guys here, it's, it's a similar message. And it's like, there's no magic here. It's just that grit, that hard work, you know, it's definitely having the right information and making sure that you're getting it from the right people. Yeah. Also, what I heard in what you said too was um, you have to really close the faucet on information from like everybody. Yeah. Like online, this guy, I'm following this guy, this guy, this guy. Yeah. That's why like I've been tuned into your stuff a little bit on YouTube and just really learning um, just, just, you know, my brain doesn't stop moving. So I'm, I always need something to learn, you know? Um, and so, you know, I really, I really appreciate that because um, I think this message is, is very valuable. I think we've covered quite a few different topics today. And I think I'd love to maybe break down a couple with you. Um, maybe sometime next year. Um, you know, I know you're working on something big. Yeah. Maybe we can get you back sometime next year, maybe do some sort of series. Um, I would just love as many 
of service legends, painting clients, or uh, people in this group. Thank you guys so much for listening live. We had a few live today. Looks like everyone was a little bit busy. We get, I don't know, like 3000 downloads or so a month you know, it's growing a little bit um, on Apple and Spotify. So we get a lot of listeners. So thank you guys for tuning in on the audio side. Please leave us a review. Um, if you guys are there, maybe come back on Facebook DM, send me a DM, let us know how we're doing good, bad, or indifferent. Let us know. Um, but I think this message is just, it's so important. And for those of you that are truly listening, I believe that this type of information, um, you know, it, you know, I like to humble myself and, be, and, and, and make myself vulnerable because that's the only way that I've learned to learn is, you know, is in that mindset. Um, and that's what I do here on the pod. I try to learn, but I, I can just see it now that if, if, if more painting contractors heard this message and really it, it was digested, man, it could absolutely change their lives, change their families' lives, change their team's lives, buy better trucks, buy better people, donate to the charities they want to be involved in, you know, be at their kids' games. These are the things I hear, you know, from all of our clients. You know, we have, I think we have about 150 active um, marketing clients right now. Same message, you yeah. know. So thank you so much for being on here, man. Um, one thing I like to ask everybody before we kind of conclude is, what do you think the best and the worst advice you've ever received was? Oh, man, worst. I forget the worst. Um, yeah, thanks. I wish I knew who that was. It's um, Facebook, it's user. Facebook user. Yeah. Facebook <laughs> user. Of course. Oh yes, of course you. Oh, it's, uh, it's Ty Brown with, uh, Oh yeah. It's Ty. Awesome. Yep. From mountain West painting. Thanks for yeah. tuning in. Ty. Well, one, one quick thing. To, I don't know if I, it'll be hard to answer, but, uh, I will say like you are, whoever's listening to this, like you're so much closer than you think to like unlocking like a whole new level of performance. So I think it's just like, if there's anything I could leave you with, it would be that. And then I remember this, this might be the best advice that I ever heard that I didn't listen to, which was literally years ago when I kept hearing like, don't do more than one thing at a time, like one business. And um, I've been like, for the last few years, I've been trying to trim down, down, down to like simplify because I thought I was like different in some way and I could do more things than one. Mm. So um I don't know. I was, I was never the best for a long time at taking advice. I, I liked to learn most things the hard way. Um, and then I couldn't even, I can't even think of off the top of my head, any bad advice that I've gotten, but I'm sure well, I've gotten. It seems like you weed that out pretty good. So, well, it seems like you weed out anything negative or bad these days. Yeah. Bad, these yeah. days, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure maybe it was invest in this Ponzi scheme. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty bad advice. Sign up for painting business pro, and then 90 days you're gonna be a millionaire. No, that's right. Um, no, man. No, I appreciate that advice that you, that you share with us from from your side. Um, what is the best way, you know, for for people out there that are listening um, on you know on the replay here that's gonna come through? This will stay live in the group, and then obviously we'll syndicate it across YouTube and things like that. But um, is the best place for them to find you is on YouTube, or where should people go to just kind of find out what you're doing? Yeah, probably YouTube. That's where like most uh, I'm putting a lot of stuff out these days is doing more and more on YouTube. And then just the website, you know, we've got some free resources there and that's where you can learn about programs and things like that. But um, we're, we're staying pretty consistent with YouTube these days. I'm going to crank that up a little bit more. Yeah. So you guys, this uh, YouTube channel right here, uh, I mean, there's almost 37,000 uh, subscribers, which is pretty impressive 
for a painting contractor coaching company. I mean, pretty impressive, man. So it's if I'm not making this videos about painting, yeah, the yeah. painting videos really go nuts, but I don't do those. Yeah. Um, there's um, someone in the association. I think it's uh, Zach, Zach Kinney. Uh, from yeah. ZK. Yeah. That guy's wild on Instagram. Does some really cool stuff, but yeah, he does. It's all value here, guys. So if you know, if you guys are looking for value, go to the YouTube channel. Um, Painting Business Pro um, is the name of the YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Go check it out. Some great information. Uh, and outside of that, thank you again, Eric, for your time. Um, yeah. We have one more comment here. We'll read it before um, we go. John, I'm going to start focusing on one issue at a time. I've been doing everything all at once. Awesome. Yeah. Well, John, go get him, man. And Eric, awesome. appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. See you guys. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.